If you're anything like me, you spent your childhood assuming that one day you'd meet your Prince Charming. You'd get married, you'd have a nice house in the suburbs, a dog, a career, and a couple of kids. It never crossed your mind that Prince Charming wouldn't come along, or that tragically you'd lose him before his time, or that your marriage wouldn't work out, or even that your biological clock would have other ideas. Or maybe you never really wanted that sort of happily ever after. Maybe you never wanted a man, but you did know you always wanted children. We're living in an age where for the first time, women can embrace motherhood on their own terms. They no longer have to put their lives on hold waiting for the right man, or settling for someone who they know isn't right for them, just so they can become a mother. More women than ever before are embarking on the journey to become what's known as a solo mother by choice. And while for a lot of us it doesn't feel like a choice, but more a necessity, the bottom line is there are now options for you to be able to fulfill your dreams of motherhood if the traditional route isn't playing out as expected. The No Need for Prince Charming podcast will share stories of Australian women who have successfully become solo mothers by choice. They each have a unique story as to why they decided to pursue motherhood in this way and the journey they had to go through to make this dream a reality. The hope is that by sharing these stories, you'll have the knowledge and the confidence to embark on this amazing journey yourself if you determine it's the right one for you. In the words of Walt Disney, all of our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. All you need is faith, trust, and a little bit of pixie dust. So welcome everyone to this special bonus edition of the No Need for Prince Charming podcast. This is a wrap up after the end of season two where I've had another 40 fabulous women share their stories. All up I've had 80 and I'm just blown away by the generosity of all of you to share your stories and the differences and the similarities in everyone's journey. I feel like I found my, I guess, kindred spirits. There's so many incredible, inspiring women, and I'm just so lucky to have met them as a result of this podcast and the result of all of you just taking the plunge and embarking on motherhood on your own terms and not waiting around for a partner or maybe you didn't even want one. The amount of women who are now incredibly satisfied, just the two of them or them and the couple of kids or however many they have but without a partner that never thought that they would be, it's just, I just love that we even have this option. So to be able to share their stories for you, to help inspire you or hopefully build community for yourselves as well. I'm internally grateful. Um, So a few have reached out with updates on what they are doing since their episode, which I hope you'll enjoy. We've got talk of holidays. We've got some people who have returned from maternity leave. Those have had complete career changes and even some that have started up a business. We unfortunately have some that have had some personal tragedies. We've had people who have, you know, moved towns to be closer to family or just make a big shift for their family there is talk about toilet training there is talk about expanding families or trying to expand families and all up there's some great advice and some goals for the new year that they're looking forward to so I hope that you really enjoy these updates in terms of an update from me if you don't know I'm Alicia and I was in the very first episode from the first season Alexandra is three and a half years old now and by far this is my favorite age to date. She is very articulate and just really understands what is going on and we can have great conversations but I think one of the best parts for me is she starts to get excited about things. So we can talk about holidays that we have coming up or the fact that Santa's coming in Christmas and the fact that we're going to the movies or Legoland or whatever it is that we're doing and she gets really excited about it and starts counting down the days after the sleep is at daycare and then after another sleep is at whatever we're doing and I just... I just love having these little conversations with her and just seeing the joy. She is absolutely the light of my life and by far the best decision I ever made. I really, I really love our little life together. I'm so content and so fulfilled. It's just something I never dreamed I would feel this amazing without a partner, but I can't imagine our life any other way. And I'm kind of grateful that it's worked out the way it has because just the two of us, our life is so simple so calm there's no toxicity or fighting or anything and it's just a really beautiful little life that we're creating so we've got Bali to look forward to in June if you're not aware I've organized a solo mum trip there's currently I think 23 mums and their kids going so it's going to be an incredible break for everyone and a really great way to to make some new connections and some new friends hopefully there are still some rooms available if you are interested at the special price so check out solo mum society for that I've launched Solo Mum Society this year. I've also launched my first illustrated children's book came out at the beginning of the year, which helps talk about donor conception, which if you haven't got a copy, hopefully you all will. Um, And I have made the big brave move to resign from the corporate world and I'm going to be pursuing my writing and the podcast and things like that in the new year. 
I just see this as such a, an area of growth. There's so many women that now that we have the option that we can become mothers without needing a partner that will be going into this. And there's just not enough resources available. So I found my why and I'm hopefully going to help more of us join this, uh, this special little club of empowered, incredible women. So look out for more catch-ups, more updates, more things. And I just can't wait for this community to thrive and, and get to know each other better. So follow along Solo Mum Society as well if you haven't. And follow me on Instagram on No Need for Prince Charming. So enough about me. Let's hear from some of our previous guests. Hi, I'm Billy. I'm from the first episode of season two. I have a daughter called Luna who is now almost two and a half. Um, so since I recorded my episode, we've very much hit the terrible twos, um, but it comes with some really, really cute times as well. So the, the highs are high and the lows are very low. Um, in that time, we did a big trip overseas to the States. We went to Hawaii and New York to visit my sister. Um, and I can safely say that that's not the best thing to do with a two-year-old. And I totally understand why everybody just goes to Fiji every year. Uh, Travelling with a two-year-old uh, in a fairly intense place like New York is full on. The flights were horrendous, even though I had my parents with me. So we out, there were three adults and we outnumbered the two-year-old and it was still horrific. So um, don't really recommend doing that. Um, but it was obviously still an incredible time that I will never forget. Um, what I've been finding with all of the difficult times that you get with a toddler is one of the best things that I have done and continue to do is combining forces with my friends that also have kids. Um, and we do an early kids dinner at someone's house, barbecue, bath all the kids together, put them in their pajamas. And when you get home, you can just chuck them straight into bed. Um, it just takes the pressure off, gives you a break. The kids entertain each other. You can actually have a full conversation with your mates. Um, and it's just been a delightful discovery and just a way to kind of get through those, those harder times. So that's my little tip, I think. Um, and then other than that, um, we're about to go on our second solo mums, um, getaway weekend in a couple of weeks. Uh, we went for the first time in October last year um, and I cannot wait to do that. It's just such a an enriching weekend to meet lots of other solo mums and, and their kids and particularly to, to meet other women who, are, who have kids who are a little bit older so you can kind of see what's in store for you, um, get some advice and just um, celebrate this wonderful community. So I'm continuing to just be super amazed and proud of this journey that we're on um, and I just think all the women who go down this path are incredibly brave even if it's a really simple simple decision for you um, and I just am so glad to be one of your number. So good luck everybody. Hello beautiful community, it's Emily here from episode 21. I'm mum of Daisy who has since turned four and Polly who's now two. Soon after I spoke to Alicia back in April, the girls and I went for a few nights in Sydney and I really wanted to share about that trip because it gave me closure and it's something I hadn't realised that I needed. So the last time I'd been on a plane was in 2019 and I was 32 weeks pregnant, flight attendant. I couldn't even fit in the back galley. I'd gone straight from living in my mid-20s in a beachside house share in Sydney and working on my master's to suddenly pregnant and I tried to move to the other side of the world to be with the guy I barely knew. And as I shared on my episode, when that quickly fell to pieces, it left me with a newborn baby back in little old Perth where I'd been certain I had outgrown. So even as my heart quickly warmed that new reality, I suppose a part of me hadn't had the chance to grieve that old life in Sydney. My house, my neighbourhood, my favourite cafe, and I hadn't given myself space to think about all the what ifs. So grounded in Perth for the last four years, I'd started to romanticise what life had been like in Sydney pre-kids. And finally getting a chance to go there, it was just so healing. And I realised I don't actually miss being a flight attendant after all. And I adore the ease of the Perth lifestyle and our big garden and the beaches that don't require any stressful parking metres. And I guess all the friends I've made in motherhood, they just light me up. And more than anything, I'm, I'm so close with my own dear mum now. So as frazzling as it was, dealing with the kids at the airport and negotiating who got to look out the window, they are my true happiness and my purpose. And it's that old cliche, it's not the place, it's the people. 
So by the Sunday morning, with the full day ahead of us for sightseeing, all I wanted to do was just fly home early and soak in that newfound revelation that the good life can just be reading spot books on repeat and making pink scrambled eggs for dinner. So I want to encourage you guys to reflect on how you might pursue some closure yourselves. So the second thing I'd love to share is the reason we're in Sydney was to have our photos taken by a beautiful woman at Marie Ramos Photography. And that was for my new business offering, The Love Mum Project. Since Daisy was a baby, I've been gradually finding lovely cards for her birthdays and years to come and special milestones. Then once I had Polly, I felt even more inspired to write out proper pieces of advice about the things I know she's going to face in life. And it's never felt morbid. It just seems like a beautiful responsibility that I owe them, particularly Polly, not having another parent. Then listening to Carly and Remy's story on this podcast and hearing of the deaths of a few other mums in our community or in the extended community, it really highlighted the impermanence of life and the uncertainty. And it's an urgency that I think all of us should be, should be feeling, like stowing away a trail of love and advice for our kids just in case. Because as I said, that is all that matters. So this year, I've turned the idea behind my own project into a digital template. I'm really proud of it. And you can store cards, letters, photos, videos, reflections and advice. And it's finally about to launch. I cannot tell you how many days I've gotten up at 3am this year. I would love you all to visit my website and you can learn more about it. So go along to thelovemumproject.com and then you can join the mailing list. And I'm also happy to offer a discount code, CHARMING, in capital letters, to get 20% off. In the meantime, can you please just take one tiny action right now while you're thinking of it and write a little love note, even if it's on a post-it note, and stick it to the back of your child's birth certificate. Anything, just a little clue of how much you love them, just in case. That's all from me. I'm wishing you all a very happy summer season, however you like to celebrate it in your family. And I really hope some of you will be joining me to begin a project of your own. Hi, I'm Jessie, and my episode was season one, episode 14. My daughter Joni was 10 months old at the time of recording, and now she's two and a half. A lot has happened in the last 18 months, especially in the last couple of weeks. When Joni was 18 months old, we moved from the south coast of New South Wales to the mid-north coast to Port Macquarie to be close to my parents. I loved my life on the South Coast where I'd been a teacher and had lived since 2011. I had an amazing group of friends who had young kids, so it was a wonderful village to raise Joni in for that first year and a half. However, it really killed me that we were so far away from my parents and they didn't get to see their granddaughter every day except on FaceTime, so I decided to move. It was tough to leave my friends and their kids and my job and my life there but I knew it was the right thing to do. I had grown up being very close with my grandparents and I wanted the same for my daughter. So we've been in Port for a year now and it definitely was the right decision. I've lived in Port before and always would come back in the holidays so it didn't feel like a big adjustment. We lived with my parents for three months before moving into our own place, only nine minutes away instead of seven hours. I started casual teaching three days a week at two local schools, which after having had my own classes for 10 years was very different, but I've adjusted quickly and it has been really good. I was very lucky to get Joni into a wonderful daycare, minutes from my house that she attends twice a week. And on the other day, my dad looks after her. Joni is obsessed with her amazing grandparents, Mama and Paji, except she doesn't call my dad Paji, she calls him Daddy. We all say Paji, but she insists on calling him Daddy, and I'm hoping this will eventually stop when she's a little older. I'd be interested to know if anyone else has had this experience. So it's been almost a year since we've been here and have settled in well. I made a friend who has a little girl a year younger than Joni, who interestingly was going through IVF before I met her and was planning on becoming a solo mum by choice. She had a break during cycles and during this time she met her now husband who actually was her neighbour. They had a baby girl, conceived naturally and then got married. So yes, I have a lovely friend who I meet up with every couple of weeks 
but I really do miss my South Coast friends. Joni and I spend most of our time at my mum and dad's. They've been a huge support to me and have allowed me to work when Joni is sick, which has been a fair bit this year. We also spend time with my 92-year-old grandma, my auntie and my cousins. Joni is a gorgeous, cheeky, fiercely independent and capable toddler. She loves the beach, her toys, her scooter, sand pit and playing non-stop with my parents. She's very fickle with food but loves mangoes but mostly loves Diddy which she calls being breastfed which I am still doing. We tried to wean a while ago but it just hasn't happened yet. I haven't gotten into any activities just for me yet and next year I would love to start Zumba classes or social netball or something that gets me out a bit more, meaning more people. I'm not yet interested in dating, but maybe one day in the future, but definitely not now. So life has definitely been going along well. We definitely have our routines and we're beginning to look forward to Christmas. I bought my very first Christmas tree and was excited to possibly host at my house. However, due to a deep tragedy that has just occurred in my family, I won't be putting up the tree this year. My younger brother Kyle, who was visiting my parents in Brisbane to get some much-needed rest and respite due to his mental health struggles, went missing on the 26th of October. His car was found at a local beach car park and he hasn't been seen since. It has been a nightmare of not knowing what has happened to him. I fear we never will. He leaves behind my two nephews, who are eight and ten, and at the time of recording this, he's been missing for almost two weeks, so I'm still yet to process what's happened and begin to grieve. But Joni and my nephews, Sunny and Van, are the light and joy in all of this. Children, especially our toddlers, keep you grounded. Becoming a solo mum by choice is the best thing I've ever done and I don't know how I would get through this without my journey. So I'm so thankful to have her. From episode three of season one, I am mum to Eliza. It's been two years since I have had Eliza and lots has changed for us over that time. New job, bigger job, new company, brutal daycare illness and that first year of been back at work but we've survived it all and we've come out the other side. Over the last little while I've also attempted to have a second baby and unfortunately it's just not meant to be and life is getting on for Eliza and I as one and one um, and I'm so glad that I've I've done it and I, that I also tried to have a, a second baby and, and although it didn't work out I'm proud of the fact that I I did it. One thing that um, someone, some advice that I've been given along the way and one that I'd like to share with all of you is um, to take away some of the descriptions of a decision being good or bad. It's just a decision. But on the journey to baby two, um, a very wise counsellor that I spoke to said to me, how about you write yourself a letter and, or an email at times in your life when you're making a big decision and not a good or bad decision, just a decision, but write yourself a note as to why you've made that decision, what was going through your mind at the time and what led you to make the decision that you made. And it just has been a really great thing to do. Um, And I've even gone back and written myself notes around why did I pick that donor or things that I found particularly difficult or decisions that I made along the way to get to be a solo mum by choice. It's funny how with a bit of distance, um, things do become quite romantic. But I think it's a really great thing for us to do as solo mums is to take the pressure off ourselves around some of those decisions, but also to have that thing or that that moment in time to look back on and go, yeah, I remember why I did that now and it was because of this and, and that. So um, lots of life lots of great things that have happened, lots of sad things that have happened, but it's it's been made all the more rich by being a mum and by connecting in with this community. I wish you all all the best and um, remember, write down the decision. It's not good or bad, 
just give yourself something to look back on to remember why. Thanks. My name is Rachel and my son is Arlo and we featured in season one, episode 15, which is about a year and a half ago, but it feels like forever. Everything just changes so rapidly, even though it stays the same. We actually still live in the same house and I still have the same job and I love my job and we love our house. But the way we live is completely different because at three, my son can hold a conversation on anything. He can negotiate. He can be bribed. He can be talked out of a tantrum and uh, he can pretty much do anything that I want to do. He can come to an engagement party and be civil and be part of the party or he can stay with a babysitter and I can go to the engagement party without him. My life is at a point where I can do and be anything I want and be any kind of mother that I want. And I don't feel stifled. I don't feel controlled by being a mother. And I feel like that's because I became a solo mom by choice. I think I would feel so boxed in if I was in a relationship. And I'm now in my fourth year of being single, which is the longest in my entire life. And it is so liberating. Like, I'm just frustrated that I didn't come to the realization sooner, you know, that it took having a child for me to realize that I just never needed a man. In fact, they were always holding me back and not because they were necessarily doing anything wrong, although many of them were, but because I'm just a better person when I'm not trying to cater for the needs of another adult human. Being a solo mom was the best decision I ever made. I'm glad that I left it till later in life because I now have more of the financial means and the wisdom um, and because I got this exact child, right? But also I wish that I had planned for this. I wish that at 25, I said, you know what? Dating's been fun, but I don't actually want to settle down with a man. I just want to focus on me. And then at some point around 30, I'm going to have a child on my own. I wish that was my plan, not my backup, because this would have been the best plan ever. And I just wish that I could say that I intended for all this to happen. Anyway, as it happens, here we are. Life is great. We're not just surviving. We are thriving. And I'm chronicling it in my Instagram, which is Solo Mom Survival. So please follow along after you listen to uh, the podcast. Hi, it's Shakira from Season 2, Episode 25. My little girl is Ruthie. Um... So since recording the podcast, where are we at? Ruthie is now eight and a half months old. Um, She's actually going to be starting childcare next week. So yeah, that's um, a bit earlier than what I had originally planned, but the position came up for me um, to start work and obviously she has to go to childcare. So that's kind of where we're at at the moment. Um, Last week... We had a bit of a getaway to Melbourne and I had an appointment with my fertility specialist and Ruthie met her, which that was really cool. As she said, you're a lot smaller the last time I held you. Um, So yeah, we've got the paperwork to get some bloods done and um, to have an ultrasound just to check on, because I ended up having a C-section just to check how the scar's healing, because obviously... If there's a lot of scar tissue, that could affect um, embryo implantation. So just to check where that's at. Um, I've got my medication plan. We're going to up medication. Um, and hopefully we'll we'll get um, a couple more embryos this time around. Obviously my last round was successful because um, I got Ruthie. But um, she was my one and only embryo, so hoping to have a few more in the freezer just in case I don't go as lucky this time around. Um, Yeah, I'm actually in the midst of my first sickness. Um, I've got, it's either gastro or food poisoning, not really sure. So my first sickness as a solo mum, but super lucky my village is here. They've not all disappeared. Like I know a lot of parents, solo mums talk about that when you need people, they know where to be found. I haven't found that today. So, yeah, um, really looking forward to Ruthie's first Christmas. Um, I think she's going to be a really fun age. 
Um, obviously won't really understand it all, but she definitely loves ripping paper. So she'll be the queen of unwrapping, that's for sure. Um, so yeah, heading back to work, Ruthie's starting daycare and then I'll do a egg retrieval, probably a freeze-all cycle early-ish next year and then thinking my first transfer, if I'm lucky enough to get some for the freezer, um, maybe October next year. So that will put, if that was to be successful, that's sort of looking at two and a half years between them. Um, though... Eight months is eight months of age is definitely the hardest month I found. Um, she's very mobile. She's very active, developing really quickly, um, and yeah, it's it's been hard. It's definitely the hardest stage so far for us. So I have at times thought, oh my god, do I want to add another one to the mix? Um, but yeah, it is definitely something that I want to do for her and for myself. But you know, when I'm gone, I want her to have siblings. So yeah. Um, and other than that, we are working towards Bali in 2024. Um, very excited for that. Get a little bit overwhelmed when I think about it. Um, but then I remind myself I'm not taking the roofie I have now. I'm taking 16 month old roofie, but that could actually be worse because I don't know what 16 month old Ruthie's going to be like. So yeah. Um, yeah. Hope you all have a great Christmas and hopefully I'll be able to share my story of number two in the not too distant future. Thanks. Hi there. This is Sonia from episode uh, 34 of season two. I'm Pippin's mum. Um, just providing a quick update on where we're at now at the end of the year, 2023. Um, Pippin has just turned six months old, which feels like an exciting milestone. I can't quite believe he's been here for half a year, but it's equally hard to remember what life was like before him. Um, we've had an exciting month traveling overseas to New Zealand for the first time, uh, which involved a cancelled flight and an overnight stay in a hotel, which was unplanned. Um, but we survived it all and it just made me realize we can do hard things together and get through them. Um, we had a wonderful stay while we were there, uh, sleep fell apart, but we, um, learnt to relax a little bit and lean into just exploring and adventuring together with some very dear friends. Um, we continue to explore together, to learn together, to grow together. Um, we've just started Solids, which is our latest adventure at home, um, and he's proving to be a little guzzle guts, which is just fantastic. Um, we've had a few challenges with weight gain and so we've been seeing a paediatrician to try and get to the bottom of that but I'm very much hoping that the introduction of solids um, as well as a few things we've identified, namely um, low vitamin B12 levels, that those are going to help us resolve that challenge um, and get on the right track again. Um, I'm just loving this stage. Uh, if you've listened to my episode, you'll know that I found the beginning of motherhood pretty challenging in a way that I wasn't expecting. Um, but I feel like every day with Pip just gets more and more fun now. He's got such a little personality and I really feel like I know him. Um, his likes, his dislikes, the things that make him laugh, um, the things that make him frustrated. And it's really cool to feel like you know your own little person. Um, when he smiles at me, it just lights up my world. Um, and he's started to um, recognise me, I think, as his special person, as his mum. Um, and as much as sometimes that can be overwhelming because I'm the only special person apart from, you know, my extended family, but I'm his, his most special person, it's everything I dreamed of um, in being a mum, being someone's everything, being someone's world. And so I'm really delighting in the fact that when I walk into a room, his face literally lights up and he smiles this full face gummy grin, um, which is just absolutely beautiful. I'm very much looking forward to Christmas, which is coming up 
fast. Um, I've already gone a little bit too crazy probably in present buying for Pippin, but I've waited my whole life to be able to celebrate Christmas with my own child. Um, and so I think he won't have much idea what's going on this year. So this one's probably more for me than it is for him. Um, and so far it's already been a lot of fun. Um, so I'm counting down the days to that and, and just to watching Pip continue to grow and develop and become a little boy, um, my little boy. Thanks. It's Alicia here from season one, episode 34. I was having a bit of a binge catch up yesterday of a, a few of the later episodes of, of the podcast and I just can't believe how many episodes there are in, in season two and, and in my mind I don't think there were that many in season one but there must be. Anyway, so many amazing stories and I still can't believe that I uh, had the fabulous opportunity to be able to share my story and you know, so excited that I get I get to share more of my story here, a bit of an update of my story. Our story, I should say, not my story, our story, Emmeline and myself. So she was around about eight months when we recorded the podcast and she's 22 months this weekend. Just blows my mind. Where has the time gone? It really, really has just flown by so, so fast and it just it doesn't even sound right when I sort of say I have a nearly two-year-old or when people ask me, you know, how old is she? And I'm like, oh, 22 months. Like, oh, yeah, I thought she'd be about two. No, no way. Like, she's a baby. She's still just a baby. Um, how on earth can she be two or nearly two? But anyway, here we are. Yes, she is. So, oh, my gosh, this last year, I think I did a catch-up episode at the end of the year as well, possibly, or, or sent a catch-up through um, for the reprint or something. I, I sort of have some memory of that. But here we are, a year has passed, and what a year it's been. I have, uh, I can't even think of a day where I have not just simply loved my life, loved my little girl, loved this life that we have together and not just been so happy and proud and excited and overwhelmed and astounded that, you know, I get to wake up every morning and go in and see her beautiful smiling face and, and no joke, it smiles every morning because she sleeps like an absolute jet. Um, so she wakes up so, so happy every day and, you know, we just hit the ground running. I've been back at work, uh, had gone back at the end of last year and have been back in a more permanent capacity this year. I work four days, having Thursdays off, which I tell you, if you can pick a day of the week to have off, have Thursdays. You work a three-day week, you have your Thursday off, and Friday's Friday. So, you know, it feels like I work three days. It really is the absolute best. Um, fortunately, because we live in a small country town, commuting isn't an issue, um, you know, we, we don't have to get out the house early. So we don't get up until 7.30, 7.45 most mornings. You know, off we head. She goes um, and spends two days with my parents, two days at daycare and, and the one day with me. Oh gosh, daycare. We have been hit with the sickness. Not for the full year, but certainly since um, August, we had adenovirus, which stuck around for three and a half weeks and was the most awful thing. Every symptom possible in that virus hit her. Um, that was, yeah, it was just awful, awful, awful. Um, and then, you know, just various other things since that time because that's daycare and, and small towns and babies and, and toddlers. Um, yes, I've been working. I've been so successful at finding perfect balance in my days, my weeks, my months, how everything comes together and really get to enjoy my time when I'm not at work. Um, never realised that the best solution to finding work-life balance would be to add a layer, a massive layer of complication um, or challenge to that in terms of, oh, have a baby um, by yourself. And magically, you'll actually find that everything falls into place and 
everything just has meaning. Everything just is is really fantastic. Um, you know, she's happy. She's healthy. She sleeps like a jet. She eats like a jet. She eats everything I offer. She rarely, rarely, rarely cries, grumbles. She is just the happiest little girl. She is so, so clever. Um, talks so much. Favourite animal is a koala. You name the animal noise and she can do it for you. She can do it perfectly for you. She is just the best at making a pig sound. I don't know where she even learnt it. Um, her ability to concentrate, to focus on activities, she can happily sit and engage herself uh, with, you know, like nice quiet activities um, or creative activities. Oh, I can get 30 minutes out of her. Um, the other day she spent 30 minutes just transferring blueberries between various cups and containers in a kitchen cupboard. Got so much done. Um, you know, she sees the washing basket filled with the groceries after I've done click and collect and she grabs it all and passes it all to me and makes me put it away. She's such a fantastic little helper loves her outside time and she loves 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 her dog her wicket her oof is what she calls him her oof she has the most perfect beautiful gentle hands and honestly she's just awesome absolutely awesome and there is just no doubt when I say she's the best thing in the world and I just cannot believe that I get to spend this life with her and and spend her life with her that <laughs> um, we get to do this together and that she gets to share that with a very small family um, I think that's something that we talk about in the in the solo mum community a bit you know is this idea of oh we don't have a huge family and and all of that but in some ways I think not having a huge family is an absolute treat um, you know, she gets to be spoilt rotten and we all get to just absolutely adore her, um, all of us, hands down. Um, so I think I haven't really done an update as much as just a lot of gushing, but um, tonight is actually my first first night that I am away from her. Um, she's doing an overnight stay with my parents Um and I'm three and a half hours away for um, work. So I'm probably just feeling a little bit like I miss my baby girl. Um, but yeah, I said it then. I think I said it then. But, you know, I, I say it now and everyone says it at the end of every episode. If you are on the fence and not sure if you want to do this, honestly, it's just the best thing you will ever, ever do in your life. Um, anyway that's that's it um that's my little update just one very happy mama over here i am very very happy with a very beautiful little girl who is also just so so happy that's me hi i'm celeste from season one episode 32 i'm mum to henry who's about to turn seven on the weekend and charlie he's two almost two and a half um, we're not very exciting. We haven't had a lot happen in the last year, but I guess we've had Charlie's second birthday. He's gone from somebody who was just sort of toddling around barely at Christmas last year to a full on running and jumping and hiding little stinker. <laughs> he, um, having an older brother is a lot more adventurous than his older brother was with um, being an only child at the time. So, yeah, he's a bit crazy. He's just learned how to jump and he thinks he's pretty cool because of that. Um, it's been a pretty good year for us health-wise. Um, last year we had a really rough trot because it was Charlie's first year at um, childcare and we were sick pretty much on and off the whole year and... We missed out on a lot of events. Henry missed out on his school photos for the first year of school, which was very disappointing. And we missed out on the school 
um, concert and all sorts of things just because the kids were just sick all the time. Um, this year we've only had a few um, illnesses where the kids have had to stay home from school. It's been really, really good. So um, for those of who are going through it at the moment, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. It does get better. Um, we've had a couple, well, we've had one holiday this year so far. We went to Sydney at the beginning of the year. Um, that was a bit of a rough flight for um, Charlie because he was not really into being contained. But um, he's a lot better now. So I think when we come to go to Bali next year, I think he'll be a, a lot easier to manage, hopefully. <laughs> he's now very obsessed with... Um, watching Bluey and things like that so we'll be able to download some of that on his iPad and I think that'll keep him entertained a bit. Um, we are about to embark on our first trip with the Solo Mums group um, in a couple of weeks to Phillip Island which I'm very excited about. The kids are very excited too. Um, we're also going on um, the cruise in January which is going to be really great too. We can't, can't wait for that too. So um, that's about the excitement of our lives. We've had a couple of goes at toilet training um, over the last few months at home. Charlie's really good with going to the toilet because he really likes the whole process, which was a very different experience for my older son who was three before he was able to be toilet trained because he was just very unwilling to do it, whereas Charlie likes the whole process of washing the hands afterwards and pressing on the buttons. And so we've been trying to capitalize on that, but um, unfortunately childcare have just not been willing to, to support the process. And so we've had to pause yet again after sending him to childcare in underwear the other day, all excited thinking that they will support us and they did not. So over the Christmas break, um, because I've got quite a bit of leave and um, it's school holidays as well. Uh, Charlie's not going to go to childcare for close to six weeks, I think it's going to work out being. So um, during that period of time, I'm hoping to, between myself and my mum, who will have the kids for a couple of weeks, I'm hoping that we can get him fully toilet trained because he's more than ready. Um, yeah, so it's that's about the limits of our excitement at the moment. We, we're pretty boring, we're busy trying to declutter the house, ready for the onslaught of Henry's birthday and um, Christmas because uh, I just couldn't accept another thing in the house the way that was at the moment. And um, looking to start up our veggie garden and things. I was hoping to have it done for spring but just haven't got around to it. But apart from that, we're happy, healthy, just looking forward to our holidays. That's all from us. Hi, it's Emily, Florence's mum from episode 17. Um, I guess a lot has really changed since our episode was recorded in March. So I think Florence was about 10 months then. She is now 18 months and we are in full-on toddler territory. Um, she is extremely busy, which makes life a little bit harder than when I spoke to Alicia back in March. She is on the move. She goes to daycare two and a half days a week and loves it. And she's just a really happy, healthy little girl. Um, in saying that she's healthy, we've had all the usual daycare bugs, which have been the last six months has been really hard with those ongoing bugs because of course I catch them all too. And the other update, I guess, which leads in from being sick is that I have um, started my own business and work from home. So I am predominantly working in the social media and digital marketing area, managing socials for small business and their digital marketing requirements, I guess. Um, it feels very surreal how it just all fell into place. My job, I was on maternity leave from, required me to go back uh, full-time only and in an 
in office environment only, which I knew just was not going to work. And so I had to resign when it was due to go back to maternity leave. And yeah, everything just fell into place. I have been so supported by local businesses and other mums and word of mouth has given me more business. It is obviously really hard when Florence is sick and when I'm sick, but so much easier than if I was trying to juggle being in an office every day. So it doesn't matter when I get the work done. It just matters that the work gets done. And we have survived everything so far from gastro, hand, foot and mouth, flu. Yeah, you name it, we've had it basically. So yeah, our life is very busy. Florence is very social, so loves being out and about. Um, she can be a real terror at home. Then we go out and she's just Miss Congeniality and yet yeah, making the most of whatever or wherever we are. Um, I've found food and eating to be one of my biggest challenges with her um, everyone most people assure me that it's very normal and we'll get there but yeah I wasn't sure how going from quite a stressful managerial role how feeding a toddler could actually be more stressful than that but yeah the whole eating situation drives me mad but we'll get there um the main thing is she's healthy and she's growing and yeah so Alicia I really appreciate everything you do for this community I've actually um made a friend another single mum who we've become really close with and I just love that Florence and her little girl they're six months apart will grow up just I really hope thinking that there's nothing that unique about their situation um, we'll be able to compare with each other and yeah I really hope that it's it's not a big deal for her in her life that she's donor conceived and doesn't have a father so yes time will tell another update in five years maybe okay thank you hi this is Jen I was episode 22 in season one um at that time B was four months old I think and I felt like I was really in the thick of it um, and I spoke during the podcast about feeling sort of shooting pains down my arms, I think, and how, you know, that was a normal, um, I thought that was a normal thing that you got when you got a bit anxious after having a baby. Um, but I guess since then I have had a little bit of treatment for postnatal anxiety, which really helped. So if you're experiencing, um, like if you're really struggling and you're really in the trenches, just go go to your doctor and talk about it. Uh, don't suffer in silence. Now I'm really, really excited to say that the, the love and the excitement and the joy genuinely outweighs the kind of fear about the future and the anxiety that, that something will happen to my child. Um, the I loved her from the get-go, but my God, the love now that now that she's a little talking, walking, thinking, negotiating, telling me off, mummy, no, no, baby, um, really forming her own sense of independence. And she has soft toys with her everywhere that she cuddles and feeds. And she's a nurturing, cheeky, weird, crazy, beautiful little girl. And um, so, so I guess for those who are struggling with having maybe felt that they've lost their sense of self or or they're all torn apart and thrown in a thousand pieces after the shock of of your life changes um and and it can be quite a surprise when you have a baby it does come back together i promise and it comes back together in such a magical way it's all true um so I'm back at work two days a week in a casual capacity. I left my permanent job and I found casual works much better for me because I've got more flexibility. Bee's loving childcare two days a week. He's really sociable. Um, another cool thing to have happened is that I had some frozen eggs still frozen um, from when I was, I think, my first frozen round when I was 36. And I donated them to kind of a friend of my brother's or a bit of a family friend, a really, really lovely person. I won't 
talk about her too much for her own privacy, but um, very excited to say that she's currently pregnant, um, still just in the first trimester. So of course anything could happen, but it was a really interesting thing to go through the donor process from the other side. Um, and it's just such an amazing feeling to be able to help somebody and for my daughter to have a, a little biological half sibling on the way. Oh, and that's the other thing I guess is a big update is we've connected with some of her um, donor siblings and there's a beautiful, beautiful little boy and his beautiful, beautiful mum up in Darwin that we've visited twice now. We met in Sydney. We both went to Sydney for a trip, met there first of all, and then we've been up to Darwin to visit and they're coming to see us in December. So it's a really beautiful relationship, not just for B and her brother, but for me and um, and the little boy's mum, who, um, you know, we've called each other, messaged each other when we've been struggling and we've really been able to be there for each other. And we've also connected with a few beautiful, beautiful um, siblings overseas as well. So that's, um, that's just a wonderful development and really heartwarming to know that, that there is this beautiful extended family available, even though I am one and done. Um, that's our world right now coming into spring, no coming into summer. So that's nice bit of sunshine is always good too. And, um, yeah, pretty happy overall. Well, I hope you enjoyed that little update. I certainly enjoyed hearing what everyone has been up to and just the continual connections that I make with these beautiful women. Um, if you haven't joined the Solo Mum Society Facebook group, jump onto that as well. If you need the link, let me know and I'll send it, which is becoming a really beautiful community where everyone is just so respectful of each other's opinions and you can have great debates and just share any questions. It's great for if you are considering or you're creating or you're conquering life as a solo mum. So a really great resource, beautiful community that's being created. So jump onto that. And the other thing I wanted to say is if you are interested in sharing your story in season three, which will be out in March next year, please let me know. Please reach out. The more the merrier. I just love sharing everyone's stories and just everything we can learn from each other. So with that, I am going to go and have the summer off. I'll pretend that it's that I'm not going to be doing any work, but I will be progressing with Solo Mum Stories book, which is very exciting, um, and a few other projects that I have on the go and all will be revealed soon. But if you want to share your story, please reach out. I'd love to share it in season three. Have a wonderful Christmas and look forward to talking to you all in 2024. I'm Alicia and this is the No Need for Prince Charming podcast, bringing you stories of Australian solo mums who created their own happy ending. If you like what you heard, please follow or subscribe to make sure you don't miss out on future episodes and leave a like, a review or share with your friends to help others find it easier. Bye for now.